0: It's Julian from the Ambitious Sloth Podcast, your podcast that interviews um, remarkable people asking what they do, uh, how they do it, and how they got there, but most importantly, why they're doing it. And today I'm going to interview Leo and ask him about his um, really interesting and special challenge he's doing at the moment. So thanks for joining us today, Leo, and welcome on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Julian. It's great to be here.
0: So, uh, the first question is obviously just to get a, get a broad overview of like who you are, is always asking what you do at the moment. So, just like your job or however my you want to call this.
1: profession, yes, yeah. my business. I'm, uh, actually, I'm from upstate New York in the United States, and I am currently a marketing consultant. I call myself a marketing implementer, meaning I'll give the businesses all uh, the ideas, but I'll also implement them for them. Because in, in my experiences, Businesses know what they sh- Business owners know what they should be doing in many cases, but they just don't have the time to do it. So I, I like to be the implementer for small
0: business owners. All right, that seems super practical.
1: <laughs> I yeah. think so.
0: And um, why I got intrigued was obviously because of your super interesting challenge you're doing at the moment, and are already quite far with that. So mm-hmm. I don't want to say anything beforehand. So. Just start your story about it and let us know what your challenge is right now.
1: Well, uh, back in, on May 23rd of this year, I was looking through my collection of uh, tweets that I had liked over the years. And I saw one from an author named Andrea Waltz. And that quote was, I can achieve every goal and reach every dream by simply hearing no more often. And that came from a book called Go for No. I w- I'm very familiar with that book. I bought it 11 years ago. And the message of that book is to succeed faster, you need to really increase the number of no's you hear. So it's called Intentionally Increasing Your Failure Rate. So right around March 23rd when I saw that, I'd been wanting to come up with some summer project that I could do, and I decided that getting a bunch of no's, getting a bunch of rejection was going to be my goal for the summer. Now, I I was aware of go for no. I recommended the book many times over the years and uh, just never took it on as a project. So I was trying to figure out how many no's should I shoot for. I figured one no a day was too easy. A hundred didn't sound like enough, but a thousand no's sounded like a really ambitious project for the summer. I wanted to be done by the end of August. So that's how a summer of a thousand no's was born. So my goal between May 23rd and August 31st was to get my sales pitch uh, rejected a thousand times. It's my sales pitch for my services. So that's, that's why I contacted you just because I, uh, to see if you had any interest in talking to someone who is out there and actively seeking failure, which is something you probably don't hear about all the time.
0: Exactly. Yes. And you started that with the intention to, Uh, eventually increase your um, failure rate and get better in your business, right?
1: That's correct. Increase the number of clients I had and uh, make me less fearful, I guess, of the word no. I've been fairly successful in business, but I really avoided hearing no. I I haven't followed up like I should have because I didn't want somebody to tell me no. I'll follow up via email, reject me by email all day long. It really doesn't affect me. But actually hearing those no's was something that I had really avoided. I can be honest with you in my business life, starting 1991, I haven't heard no 100 times because I would go out of my way not to. Email. I wouldn't ask that question that needed to be asked um, because I didn't wanna be get that rejection. So 1, was a thousand was a real stretch for me, certainly thinking about it at the beginning, but that's why I took it on to grow my business.
0: Wow, that's especially since you didn't hear it so often yet, um, it's a super powerful um, challenge, I presume. And Absolutely. What did the, in the beginning, what, what did the um, rejection make you feel like when you got those uh, lists? Uh, yeah, basically through the phone or in person. Yes,
1: yes. the the first one I got um, wasn't too bad. I have a dent in my fender and I called, a, I sent a picture of the, the damage to a, a body shop that I had dealt with previously and uh, he called me up and said, it'll be 22500 And so I asked him if uh, he was open to trading because he doesn't have a website, he doesn't have any social media presence. So I asked him, would he be willing to tr- barter services? And he said, nah, I'm wanting to get out of the business. It's not profitable anymore. So that was my first no. It wasn't too bad. Um, the no's after that weren't too bad at all. For this project, uh, the beginning of this project anyway, I started calling pizza shops, inquiring about text message marketing to see if they might be interested in adding that to their marketing mix. And I I chose pizza shops because there are uh, tens of thousands of them around. I will never run out of possible people to tell me no. And text message marketing is easy for them to understand. I can certainly help with other aspects of marketing, but I wanted something that was quick, easy, and I didn't have to explain. So uh, I have really overcome my fear of hearing no from pizza shops. It's not a big deal anymore. Uh, I, one out of four or five calls that I make, actually, I'm talking to the decision maker. So I do talk to a lot of people who can't make the decision. Uh, so I'm, I'm not, uh, those calls don't bother me anymore. But the first few were a little nerve
0: wracking. Yes. Mm, and what was maybe one of the, the rejections that affected you most of them?
1: Um, sure, that's very easy. It was—I uh, can't remember where, where she was, but it was—I uh, um, I dialed the phone. It rang. Someone picked up. There was no no acknowledgement of the call. I said hello, and what sounded like a, a an older lady said, "Leave me alone," as if I had been torturing her. And I went to the internet and I double checked that I had the correct phone number. And yes, it was. Um, perhaps that pizza shop had gone out of business. I couldn't tell by the internet. So I'm thinking that maybe this poor lady got the telephone number of a pizza shop, uh, that had gone out of business and she was just getting inundated with phone calls. I don't know, but that one, that one bothered me. If I'd actually had her address, I would have mailed her a, a card or something. Uh, maybe with a lottery ticket or something just to uh, uh, apologize but that's really been the only one that has affected me negatively i've gotten one f bomb dropped on me that made me laugh uh, a lot of uh, a lot of just hang ups i'll say my first you know thing and sometimes i get hung up on then the follow up question sometimes gets me hung up on i really enjoy those because my goal is to get rejected <clears throat> you know so i've gotten plenty of those uh, most of the time, people are very nice. You know, we're not interested. We're already doing it, things like that. So it really hasn't been as scary as I as I thought it might be at the beginning.
0: So do you think that because of the gamification of getting the rejection, it helps you a lot to actually go through there and actually um, present your pitch?
1: Absolutely. And the gamification, that's a great way to put it. Uh, funification, maybe. I What I like about it now is I can tell funny stories about my experience doing this. The, you know, leave me alone is a, is a funny story. Uh, getting the F-bomb dropped on me is a funny story. So it's all about me thinking how I'm going to use this story in the uh, future, because I saw a meme online, Facebook, a couple weeks ago that said, no guts, no story. So by getting the guts to make these phone calls and to do these asks even in person, I'm getting some great stories to tell that will hopefully uh, keep me encouraged, but also encourage other people.
0: And I see also that your through the gamification, I guess, your complete perspective changed on um, on how you approach people, but also how you deal with the responses, especially. So how was that maybe before you started the challenge, and what? Yeah, did you learn yeah. something out of this already?
1: Well, I I don't know before the challenge because I really went out of my way to avoid hearing no. Uh, You know, so it's uh, my perspective is certainly now my perspective is I have interesting stories to tell, and that's what I like doing. I like, um, uh, I mentioned yesterday, I I like making people laugh, and I would be a stand-up comedian if I wasn't so lazy. I just don't want to sit around and write jokes all the time. But if I can tell fun and interesting stories, that uh, that's uh, is enough for me. (laughs)
0: okay and since you also mentioned just uh the you actually want to be a a comedian so (laughs) what was made what was maybe uh like a funny uh incident that happened because of the rejection maybe the funniest no you've got
1: so so far yesterday i was um i have a dry a garage and the blacktop and my garage has settled over the years. And so now there's a fairly good lip to get into my garage. So I'm going over a speed bump every time I have to get into my garage. So I've been looking for um, you know, a, a, a bucket full of blacktop that I could just use and put down and get rid of that bump. So I was driving out yesterday and I saw these guys, they were putting a new a parking lot in a, an apartment complex. So I stopped over there and I said, uh, and I actually drove by and I thought, no, well there's an opportunity to get a no. So I turned around and I went back and I stopped and I, the guy in the, driving the, you know, one of the machines, he comes over to me and I say, hey, can I, I had 10 bucks on me. That's all I had on me in cash. And I said, could I buy a half a bucket of the black top for 10 bucks? Cause I have a, I need to fix my garage. And he goes, uh, let me check with my nephew. So he, he rides his machine it's a steamroller. He's on a steamroller. So he, he puts the steamroller in reverse. He goes back and he talks to his nephew and I, I'm standing there like an idiot in the middle of the street waiting for him to go up, actually hoping he'll say no. So he comes back and he says, uh, yeah, my nephew says, uh, just buy the guy some beer. And there's like five guys working there. Just buy the guy some beer. And I said, well, okay, what kind? He goes, a 36-pack of Coors and a 36-pack of Bud Light. So he wanted me to buy 72 beers for five guys. So I think I'm actually buying the beer for the company picnic that's going to be that weekend. Uh, so I said, well you know, I I, you know, I really don't want to invest that much in, uh, in uh, a in half a bucket worth of blacktop. So I, I turned him down. But uh, that was my, so far, the bravest I've been uh, in, in person. And I do need to, I haven't mentioned yet, but I have, I wear this name tag around. It includes oh. the, my um, most recent number. So mm-hmm. I wear this when I'm going to networking events and people ask me what the number is and it gets me in the conversation about it. But so far the blacktop, Incident was the most amusing one to me. They actually said yes, but I turned down their counter offer.
0: <laughs> and also to mention what is on the name tag. So, right now you have 454 uh, rejections. That's in, correct. In what time frame was it?
1: Since uh, June 7th. That's when I started in earnest. I made 10 calls on June 7th. I got three people on the phone i got one no. And then the following June 10th is when I decided I really needed to get started. Otherwise, I wasn't going to be able to get my thousand. And I, on June 10th, I made 100 telephone calls and I didn't care the result. I didn't care if it was a busy signal, if it was a bad number. I just was not going to dial that phone 100 times. I did that. I got 29 no's and six yeses. We haven't talked about the positives yet in yeah. this experience, but I did get uh, uh, six yeses or maybes. They wanted more information. So um, the first day I was really serious about this was June 10th.
0: Okay, then let's jump into the positives. What happened just due to the the challenge you set yourself of getting rejections?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so far to date, I can trace $1,800 in money I wouldn't have had um, if I hadn't been going for this um, rejection challenge. I can trace none of that to the telephone calls I've made. All of the money I can trace to uh, offline people. Or people that I've known locally p- talking about this project, um, telling people what I was doing, and they wanted more information. And they, oh, you you do marketing, you help with marketing. So uh, that's where I've gotten the eighteen hundred dollars from so far. Seven hundred of that is recurring, so that comes around every month, which is a nice little feature of being in the business I'm in. So yes, I'm very happy with the result so far. Um, ho- hoping to double or triple that number by the end.
0: But that's also really interesting that not due to the calls itself or the effort itself, but rather people talking about this challenge made you uh or gave you such a positive impact
1: right exactly
0: why Why do you think this is the case, maybe not um due to the calls you did or due to the increased efforts
1: Well, it's just my courage in asking now that I have this goal, you know I wouldn't have turned around and asked about the the blacktop, if I hadn't been on this thing, I'd say, well, oh, there'll be somebody else making a driveway somewhere else. But because I have this goal now, I'm more bold in getting out there and talking. And and again, it gives me a story to tell. And that's really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the funny rejections. I'm looking for the uh, the, the people who ask weird follow-up questions. So I'm looking for that that stuff out there and, and you're going to get more of that when you're dealing with people one-on-one than you are going to be on the phone
0: yeah indeed and um maybe you also had um in the beginning a feeling of yeah how you felt about rejection even though you didn't have have so many of them but mm-hmm. what is the maybe difference especially the ones in person uh, mm-hmm. from now and before
1: yeah I'm i'm older now I care less about what people think of me, um, so th- so that's part of it. Certainly, age.
0: Oh, okay. So the age actually helped you because yeah. I could have also imagined that people getting um, older ca- care more about what the people say about themselves because they're like in a structured environment and don't want to um, be uh, yeah seen by the neighbors as somebody weird or anything in this this context. How or why is that different for you?
1: Well, I, I'm, I'm sure I've been seen by uh, as weird by the neighbors uh, from the beginning. So it's not been a a big thing. Um, I'm a, a, a single guy who lives alone and uh, ha- has a, uh, a pretty unusual life. I don't go to work every day. I'm not leaving, going to work like a lot of my neighbors are. I know I know most of my neighbors. I'm friendly with my neighbors. But I'm certainly different than most people. So that's not an issue for me. I've always been the guy to wear weird name tags like this uh, networking events. So, um, anything that gets people talking about you in a positive way is, is what I'm going for. And, you know, I I suppose wearing a name tag like this isn't necessarily a positive. A lot of people think it's probably weird, but it gets people talking about you and about your business. And I can't see where that hurts too often.
0: Yeah. And has this always been, um, uh, characteristic of yours so when you know consider back um, maybe back in your 20s or in your teens has this been some kind of a special mark for you
1: yeah I th- yeah it's, I think so it's funny my father uh, when I was in first second third grade he worked for a pen company and uh, that was one of the things they sold pens and they were weird pens. So you could get a pen that looked like a little golden hammer. He had pens that had shredded money up inside. So there's shredded money into the pen so you could see inside all sorts of weird pens. And so I would always bring those to school. And I, people were always amazed by these, these weird pens. So I've always done the, the little things even way back then to, uh, to stand out. And it's funny because I'm, I'm not an extrovert at all. Uh, if you come over and talk to me, I'll talk your ear off. But most of the time, I'm not going to go over and talk to you unless, you know, you're, you've got a weird name tag on or you, you're doing something else to call attention to yourself. Then I'll come over and talk. But I'm really not a uh, an outgoing guy. I much prefer being on stage in front of two or three hundred people as opposed to being in front of one person. Um, because, and it's, I, I, there are other people that are like that. But, you know, if you're trying to be funny, and I'm usually trying to be funny, and you're talking to one person. If you say something funny and they don't laugh, and it hurts. But if you're in a room of two or three hundred people and you say something funny, somebody's going to think it's funny. Uh, so y- your odds are much better, I guess.
0: Interesting. And so you you said you also started um, your own business in the 1990s, right? Yes,
1: 1991. Yes.
0: And so you, because of like what reason made you choose to just start your own thing instead of maybe going the easy route and getting a, a, a normal job and a real
1: job. Yeah. Yes, yeah real I, job. I did get a, I did get a finance degree from Siena college in Albany, New York. And, but during my, between my sophomore and junior year, I worked full time for a large newspaper in Albany, New York. And I, I worked in the classified department. So I had a headset on every day and I was taking ads over the phone and it was a great job I worked uh, Saturday mornings taking ads and uh, calls from funeral homes, putting in funeral notices. So I really liked the job and I liked the people, but that summer working full time, I didn't like because I would get up in the morning, shower, shave, drive in heavy traffic down to work and turn around in the afternoon and drive in heavy traffic home. And I was 20 years old at this point and I I decided, hey, uh, this is not something I want to do for the rest of my life. So Um, believe it or not, with my finance degree, I started a carpet cleaning business in 1991 and I was studying all sorts of marketing and I was getting a lot of great ideas. I was using those ideas to, to build the business, but I was also getting ideas for other types of businesses. So I was getting great ideas for restaurants and pizza shops and insurance agents and all those sort of businesses, but I didn't want to start any of those businesses. That's how I sort of I got an interest in the, the marketing aspect of things and the actual doing of the marketing because, you know, thank you notes are simple to do for businesses. They're also simple not to do. So that's one of the services I provide for some of my uh, customers. So I, I guess the long answer to your question is I, I worked for a large company as a 20 year old. I decided I didn't want to do this my entire life. So that's how I went off and decided to become, become an entrepreneur.
0: And then just immediately from one day to the other, you started um, with an actual business.
1: Actually, it's funny story.